0: Hello and welcome to regrettably an episode of the Geek Roulette Podcast uh, that we are gonna be not enjoying
1: that much We, we should have recorded the intro first because at least maybe ten minutes of this would have been somewhat joyful. I yeah. All right. So uh, first and
0: <laughs> foremost, just uh let you know this is the Geek Roulette Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Spragle. And I am the other super depressed host, John Lundquist. And the theme of today's episode is we are going to be talking about the uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips, Joker movie. We have just watched the movie.
1: Yes, we got out, I don't know, less than an hour ago, I think it was. So this is a hot take, everybody. We are fresh out and fresh out of patience. You know what
0: else could be a hot take? If I were to take a steaming pile of shit and the steam that comes off that, that is a hot take also. That would be far more entertaining than what we just went through. All right. Well, do the housekeeping. Follow us on Facebook or <laughs> on Twitter, too. Just look up Geek Reled. Nothing matters anymore. No,
1: no. It's going to take a while to wash that out of my brain system.
0: Yeah, I mean, review us. I mean, here's the thing I, I know people are going to be very divisive about this and say, oh, you maybe didn't get the movie, or, hey, it's a good movie. And, like, you know what? There was one. Solid aspect of the movie, and then yes. the rest of it, and we'll touch on this. So let's just go to yes. recommendations. Let's, let's get the formalities out of the way. Uh Recommendations. I'm going to recommend Carnival Row on uh, Amazon Prime. A great fantasy series which deals with uh, almost like kind of a old England style, you know, movie, uh, show about what happens when. Fantasy creatures are actually integrated into the regular life and the amount of prejudice between, you know, them and regular people as well as also the class warfare as well between those that are rich versus those that are deemed less than in society. Uh, It has Orlando Bloom. I got to tell you, Orlando Bloom does a really good job in this series because... I don't really like him as an actor in anything else he's done. I get that he was in Pirates in the Caribbean, but he always just seemed like a poor man's can of Reeves. And he always just seemed like too aloof in the Lord of the Rings movies. I mean, his character did a bunch of cool things, but by no means was he a great actor in that you know series.
1: Yeah, I never minded him. I mean, he was never been my favorite, but I never disliked him either. Um, yeah, that's one I'd seen some trailers for and whatnot, and it looked interesting, so it's good to know that it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. My recommendation is if you are going to see a movie like we just got out of, I don't think I've recommended this before, but maybe I have. Um, It's a website called Media Stinger. Uh, MediaStinger.com. The thing nowadays with movies is you get those post-credit scenes, and some of them have them, some don't. And if you're wondering, do I want to spend the next 15 minutes of my life sitting through this? The credits to see if there's anything afterwards. If you go to MediaStinger.com and click on whatever movie it is you're seeing, you can do this before the movie, you can do it during the first couple minutes of the trailer, and it will tell you, yes, there is something there, no, there isn't something there. Sometimes it'll be something minor that you can, you know, it'll tell you what it is and you can decide eh, i don't really need to waste my time for that what,
0: what was there an end credit to this movie because i wasn't hanging around to watch it no
1: there was not i checked before we got in and i don't think i would have stuck around for it either I, right. I needed to get away from that scene as fast as possible so yeah mediastinger.com it's pretty cool and handy
0: let's get arbitrary folks our arbitrary list for the day today is this our top two <laughs> and bottom two favorite comic book movie adaptations we may have to change our bottom I, two. On yes, the I'm
1: going to keep out of principle, keep mine the way they were, but yes, that one of them would be replaced pretty darn quick here. All right, so
0: let, let's focus on the positive. We're being too negative at this point. Yes, we'll get some negativity out of the way a bit later. All right, what's one of your top two?
1: I kind of went a different way because I kind of feel like we've touched on a little bit of this with all our talk about Marvel movies and whatnot. Um, you know, a lot of my favorite comic book movies are going to be out of there, so I went with just a couple movies that. Are comic book movies or comic book inspired that you may or may not have seen and that are worth checking out? The first one I went with is Unbreakable that came out back in, geez, when was that, 99, 2000, I think? Uh, that was maybe about 2002, 2003, I think. Yeah, it's it's fairly old. I think it was his follow-up, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's, if I'm pronouncing that right, which I'm probably not, follow-up up to... Landing there we go. His, uh, his follow-up to Sixth Sense, it's kind of a superhero thing where Bruce Willis um plays a guy who has superpowers or does he and you know is kind of going through the exploration of discovering that uh it's got samuel l jackson in there um i don't want to give away too much of it it's very moody i watched it a couple years ago uh because they released kind of a pseudo sequel to it in split so i wanted to watch that just kind of refresh my memory um it's a little bit slower paced than you might be used to it's not like a action movie by any means it's a little bit more moodier kind of a you know character piece but it's pretty good and it does of course have that M Night Shyamalan twist at the end which I will not spoil for you but uh yeah you should go check out Unbreakable it's good stuff if you have not seen it it's very curious if you not this you know spoil a 19 Sports, year old yeah. movie
0: yeah i'm cool like that all right uh if i'm going to say one of mine i will at least throw one marvel movie out there i feel it deserves to get the recognition i feel that if you're looking at what would be the perfect embodiment of a marvel movie although it is not my favorite marvel movie and that's why I kind of took the whole thing about adaptation. You know, it was like what perfectly captures the spirit. Because if we were to go favorites, I love Thor: Ragnarok. You know, and obviously, yeah. Yeah, all the Infinity Wars. I would say though, it'd be Captain America: Winter Soldier. I feel that was one of the great ways of showing Captain America, Steve Rogers' struggle with being the moral backbone of America in a world that proves not to be as straightforward or wants to be a lot more deceptive than what it was and you know just overall perfect action in it i think you had a good level of you know the whole twist with hydra i'm gonna spoil it i mean you've probably watched it let's be very yes. clear here i mean this the twist in unbreakable is this he does have powers oh <gasps> Yeah, no, that's right. I'm going to spoil what you just recommended, but yeah, I would say that, um, I think Winter Soldier is definitely one of the perfect movies that, you know, you could sit there and say, yeah, this is, this feels like a great comic book movie and it made a great movie as well. So that's one of mine. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Um, another one of mine that I think you should check out that is a good comic book movie and you might disagree with it. Some people might, it's kind of controversial, but I liked at least the first one. I don't know that I saw the second one. That is Sin City. Um, it's kind of a crime noir movie that takes place in this grimy, dingy place. That's I think it has an actual name, isn't it? Like Basin City. I think is the actual name of the city. But yeah, it's, that's about right. But it's basically referred to as Sin City the entire time, which is crime infested, just kind of like Vegas, like times ten with all the bad stuff. Essentially, um, Why don't we just say Detroit. Yeah, there we go, Detroit. We'll say that. Sorry, Detroit listeners. Sorry, we love you. Um, I don't. But I feel like it was well shot. It, it's Almost a literal translation of the comic book, almost to a fault, which I think is what some people would say. I mean, there's some parts you can watch. If you're reading the comic along with the, you know, while you're watching the movie, you'll see some shots in the movie that are just like a panel-by-panel recreation. Um, It's a black and white. I think they use color in some parts for emphasis and whatnot, but uh, it's pretty well done. If you have not seen Sin City, I recommend it. It's good stuff. I don't mind the first one. The second one I think was okay, too, but
0: I think it came out far too Late after the first one, that really have the impact that it could have had. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not sure I even saw that one. Uh, if I had to say with my second uh, top two for uh, movie adaptations, I would say it'd be the best portrayal of the Joker, which would be <laughs> The Dark Knight. Uh, I'm sorry. Nolan's Dark Knight was just a perfect, you know, adaptation. A lot of people feel it's overrated in some ways, but I feel. The movie nailed, I think, everything about you know Bruce's pain of wanting to be Batman, but also not wanting to be Batman, and just eventually what's his end game. It's about what makes you know a person, you know, what does a person do in the situation you know forces you against your type. It was Keith, you know, Heath Ledger's greatest, I think, performance, and he was always a fairly good actor to begin with, but that movie right there solidified it posthumous. Uh, Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for him. Bale nailed it. You have every everybody in that movie, I think, nailed it. I don't think you can ever criticize that.
1: No, and that one would have been like if I had done a more traditional top movies, that one definitely would have been in the running. That's a, a good movie. I agree with pretty much everything you said there.
0: All right, let's talk Joker. We
1: have our worst movies yet still.
0: Oh, you're right. We didn't talk about worst movies. All not right. Before we get to another worst movie. All right. Sorry. I'm trying to rush through this train wreck at this point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, if I had to say for my for one of my worst adaptations of a movie, uh, I did not like Watchmen. I, yeah. And here's the thing. It's not that I feel that the movie captured everything visually, almost perfect yeah. for the movie, but I have never seen where the acting the dialogue and the feel of it and did not match what the movie I was. I think yeah, and
1: that I, I almost picked that for one of mine and it's just it it's weird because it is a really good adaptation. It's like I don't know if it's just too wooden of a movie it just doesn't seem to have a soul to it, it I, I don't know yeah i couldn't quite pinpoint exactly what it, it almost was. feels like
0: the george lucas star wars prequels where everybody's saying the words it just doesn't feel like they mean the words yeah and it, they're just kind of going through the motions the other thing that really bugged me about that movie was the soundtrack the soundtrack. Just seemed too much uh, on the nose, like, eh, it's the 80s. Remember yeah. this song? Remember 99 Love Balloons? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but this isn't the moment to play that song or the whole scene when they're up and like Archie, you know, the uh, Silk Spectre and Albert yeah, making love and they're playing like Hallelujah. And I'm like, ah, once again, that just yeah. seems just, it, it was weird. So I, I feel that it was a movie I was looking so forward to and to see how it turned out. You know, the trailers made it look
1: awesome. And of course, because you know what? The trailers, visually, great. Movie? Not so much. Yeah, I'm curious to see the the HBO Watchmen series that's coming up here pretty soon. See how that is and what that ends up being i think it takes place in the future of that world i believe but we will see um my first one i went with is electra the spin-off of daredevil <laughs> um that much like the movie we're about to talk to is one of the few movies i you know because i'm you know as i'll say in the future here in a little bit here i'm fairly wishy-washy when it comes to saying whether movies are bad or you know not that good i usually kind of try to find something good about them but electra is just a bad bad movie which is unfortunate um So I think there's some promise with that character. There's, you know, I mean, the one scene that always sticks out to me is, you know, Electra's in this big mansion. There's all sorts of ninjas coming at her. And she turns on, like, the stove, like, which has a gas pilot that she blows out. So supposedly the room fills up. And less than seconds later, some ninjas bust in. And she does something to throw some something flaming across the room, and it causes this huge explosion, which makes me believe, like, okay, if you only had that thing on for, you know, maybe 10 seconds and you caused that big of an explosion, then you've got some serious problems in this place with, you know, your gas and how things are so working. you hate
0: Electra because they didn't follow proper explosion physics. Yes,
1: exactly, among many, many other problems. It was just a mess of a movie, in my opinion. So, yeah, Electra, don't go see it. I got to do it. I mean, I I originally
0: my number 2 movie was Justice League. I felt no movie <laughs> did a greater disservice to comics than Justice League and oh, don't, don't worry I'll cover I'll kind of cover some of the ground th- for you no, <laughs> Momoa's like Patrol of Aquaman was just horrible just the whole movie itself where you finally get Superman at the end you had like you couldn't even get like Dark Darkseid as the villain you got like Steppenwolf somebody that, somebody that nobody cares about right so uh, I was number two no it's it's Joker guys I <laughs> I'm sorry There,
1: we'll talk about it just go John <laughs> Yes. um, My second one is kind of, I picked kind of a duo of movies, uh, Man of Steel, and then Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, or whatever that mess of a title was for that mess of a movie, I think. And primarily because, A, they're just really bad movies, but then B, they just kind of set up a bad direction, I feel, for the DC universe. It just set up this weird, you know, Zack Snyder set up this weird, dark tone, and it just did not do those characters or that universe any favors. It was just this dark gritty you know superman's killing people to stop them from doing what they're doing which is not something that superman would ever do and it just the whole animosity between superman and batman and that one and you know why did you say that name it's my mom too and now something they're best friends because their mom has the same name it just it was just yeah both of those were flaming hot messes which kind of led to justice league being kind of a flaming hot mess and then wonder woman somehow pulled it out and was decent and yeah the dc universe you don't suppose it's because yeah. they didn't have scott snyder involved right that could very well be you know and aquaman i don't mind i didn't mind aquaman i didn't mind jason Momoa and justice league but like and it, the aquaman movie itself was okay not as good as wonder woman well, let's but, be very clear you know,
0: to With justice league the other problem is is that halfway during production with it scott snyder's yeah you know, was his daughter passed away yeah i think it
1: was his daughter
0: yes and then joss whedon took over to, took over and I think that's made the movie worse. I'm sure that maybe if it was just Joss Whedon from the start, great. But instead, you can see how uneven the movie is. Yeah,
1: I think there's other problems, too. But we can get into that, too, another time. Yeah, but, I don't want to talk about that. All right. We, we can just digress this entire episode and then just spend the last two minutes saying, don't go see this movie. No, I, I don't think that's fair. All right. Let's, <laughs> oh, it's fair. We're, <laughs> it's we're fair gonna to talk. us. No, no, no. We're going to talk
0: Joker. All right. Starting now. Uh,
1: initial thoughts. It's bad. It's re- in case you couldn't tell from the last 10 minutes of us whining and complaining it's it's not good. I do not recommend going to see this at all like I said. I'm usually the most wishy-washy you know, hey, it was okay. It had some nice action scenes in this, but you nah, know, I will knowing
0: you as long as I've known you, you have you'll never commit. Like I, if I hate something, no. like well, I don't know. I think this might have been good. About it. I think this was good. Yeah, this is the first time I think I've ever seen you full blown commit to like it, no, I yes. do not like this. It's and- it's
1: pretty rare. And this was a flaming hot dumpster fire of a movie that it just it was. I went in with low expectations. Like I, you know, I was skeptical whether it was gonna be good or not. You know, I was ready to be, you know, kind of overwhelmed or you know we're over whatever have my expectations overcome and just like it but no it was a hot mess and it w- it blew by those low expectations going like 180 miles per hour and just kept on going i i think if i were to say
0: i'll i'll, I'll say this it is a, a movie that wasted joaquin phoenix he, yes. he he did a great job i think for what was asked of him i i think the the problem with the movie is is that i don't know what the movie was trying to get across i don't know what the message was it definitely was not a joker origin story in the way that you no. think it would be or if it is it's not um it's not a canon message it's a elseworld style message where it's like yeah. a different universe of which Batman. which
1: i think is okay i don't think you know i think People are so used to comic book movies now. I don't think you have to have everything taking place in the same universe for them to be good. I think it's, that was the one thing, like when these trailers came out, it was clear we were getting a different kind of movie and that, you know, hopefully that's, you know, the one thing that can still stick, you know, come out of this hot mess of a movie is that maybe we'll still get different kinds of comic book movies instead of just your flashy action, you know, movies that we've been getting the big blockbusters, you know, we can get some different, maybe more, you know, thought provoking type comic book movies.
0: You know, jumping into you know, which I can't imagine we'll talk much about what we thought was good about the movie. I'll say this: I think Joaquin Phoenix. I've already stressed. I think he does a good job. He has always been an amazing actor. I I feel that had the material been a bit more coherent. Fine. I will also give one other big amount of credit to the fact that this is a movie that is designed to look like it's taking place in what would appear to be the late 70s, maybe just the beginning of the 80s. I think the capture of just that gritty cityscape of what the world was like in a major metropolitan city around that time, it's good. Somebody else I know mentioned that this felt like was Definitely a very seventies style movie in terms of how seventy move seventies movies the antihero was always a very prominent character. You have like Travis Bickle from, you know, Taxi Driver, Dog Day Afternoon with you know Pacino. You had a lot of movies that came in around that time that were I would say antihero or counterculture where it was trying to bring to light perils that, you know, a lot of society maybe wasn't ever being exposed to. So I will say I feel the cityscape and what they did for you know the whole uh, you know uh, you know set design was amazing. I think Joaquin was probably good. Yeah, that's that's where I probably stop with what was good. Yeah, right. and
1: I would say I would agree. I mean Joaquin Phoenix does an amazing job. You know it's just he's kind of not given anything good to work with, but he acts the heck out of it. He does a great job. He sells his character. Um, and kind of like you kind of touched on, I'll just say it's a very well-made movie. Like you said, like, I think, you know, you can't deny most of the craft, you know, like it's well shot, it's well made, the costumes are all great, the, you know, music is decent. It's, you know, it's a well-made movie. I think it's just when you get right down to the, the plot, I think is where you get to just it becomes a mess and you have no idea what you're supposed to be thinking or what direction it's going or what's happening even.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let's move on to why i think we think that the 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 way i wrote up this script was is that uh we're gonna have to go completely off the rails well no i mean (laughs) what was done poorly and what i would say is this i i feel if the reason the movie has a problem is this some people are trying to you know politicize this movie and there's a lot of people that say well you know liberals hate this movie because of you know this or you know conservatives don't like this movie because of this or you don't get this movie because of this i just don't know what the movie's about to be quite honest we just watched a two-hour movie where it, it and this is where spoilers come in if you don't want any spoilers this is your time to you know parachute out of here at this point yep but five four three two one all right if you're still with us essentially what this movie is is here's a person named arthur and Arthur is a struggling comedian who also has a part-time job as a clown who lives with his mother and we it are you already pick up early on in the movie that Arthur and what's so, happening yeah. in the movie is an unreliable narrator where what's happening may not actually be happening and fine if if you want to do that and say hey what you know try to mess with our you know what our expectations of subverts you know, what worth seeing at this point, fine. That, that's. I don't have a problem with that. But what was the message and point of the movie? It's basically where here's a man who suffers from mental illness. His mental illness continues and progresses. He finds out what may be truths or realities that are may not be truths or realities because the movie, once again, leaves it so open ended that yeah. you could go either way where, hey, the movie alludes that hey, his mom says, "Well, you know, Thomas Wayne, aka Bruce Wayne's dad, is your father." But then it's like sets up the oh, way the mom was actually institutionalized was crazy, and then you have this whole situation where like there was the photograph where he crumples up the photograph, which maybe says that hey, maybe he wasn't crazy, and maybe you know, or she yeah. wasn't crazy, and he actually was the kid. But the problem is, you don't know why the story wants to lead you where it wants
1: to go yeah it never really goes anywhere with it, that. Like it doesn't no- sit.
0: i mean it's one of those things that the joker i don't think should ever be portrayed as a sympathetic character i don't think you should ever sit there and say well he the only time i think it has ever successfully been done is in the killing joke from back in the mid 8 you know mid 80s yeah. and that is the only time that you can watch the Joker and the origin of the Joker and you can see the tragedy of the whole situation not only because the tragedy of the killing joke was is that here he was trying to do everything he could for his pregnant wife but the tragedy is is that, even in like you know as he's fighting Batman, he realizes the insanity of what he's doing and that it's just a vicious cycle that eventually is going to lead to Batman killing him or him killing Batman and him understanding the futility of this. This movie has none of that whatsoever with this movie it's like. Yeah, he's crazy. Oh, wait a minute. The city cut funding so he doesn't get psychiat- psychiatric help or medicine anymore. He gets crazier. He starts yeah. killing additional people to the people that he's originally killed. He killed a host of a TV show. Uh, and guess what? Maybe that didn't happen because now the movie at the end says, hey, look, he's an in immense institute. And did it portray that, hey maybe he was just thinking this all up and this never even happened in the first place.
1: Yeah. It just ends up being kind of a mess. I mean, he has these, you know, the whole time through he's got this, you know, mental illness that he's dealing with where he's just clearly unstable. He has this weird laugh thing where, you know, and that's kind of how they explain his laugh is that he has this weird laugh that he ends up giving somebody a card at one point that says, I have this mental condition where I laugh uncontrollably at times that may be inappropriate. You know, it's possibly due to an injury or something that happened, but nobody really knows. And, so he kind of, that's part of what he go goes through through this movie is he just, he gets in these situations, it's almost, I saw it as almost he gets in these stressful situations and his reaction was just to laugh instead of, you know, whatever it was that caused it, you know, is, caused him to laugh instead of dealing with it how most people do. And then later on in the movie, you find out, oh, he was abused as a child with his, you know, his mom and her boyfriend at the time. And there was all this horrible stuff that happened to him as a kid. Maybe that's what set it off.
0: But you let that, let him off the hook then. It's like, oh, he had these bad things. All right, I mean that's I think that's my whole criticism is this movie basically a commentary on mental illness and how the problem with yeah. mental illness is that it's a continual cycle if you've been abused as a kid the likelihood of you developing mental illness you know pursues as you get older or is it something about how society keeps you down and how society sometimes creates mental yeah, because illness because the,
1: there's definitely a political thing there too because at one point he you know the first people he kills it's kind of on accident he gets he gets jumped in this train by these three preppy guys and he shoots two of them, just kind of, he gets this gun from somebody, and he shoots two of them just as kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to defend himself. The other guy runs away, but he kind of hunts him down, shoots him in the leg a couple times, and then shoots him dead on the steps. Well,
0: it almost feels like kind of like and, a 1% kind of situation where like, yes. hey, he killed these people because these people were well off, and,
1: yeah, and they he were, wasn't, yeah. and they were, and they were, they were abusing their, their
0: stature. But then again, it's like, all right,
1: the reaction doesn't match what was actually happening yeah, but, in that yeah. situation. And then after that happens, it's like, all the, oh, these three you know, in the news in the show. In the show, it's kind of in the background the whole time. It, it builds this movement. and Yeah, it builds this movement of because then Thomas Wayne, who's running for mayor, makes some kind of comment that doesn't go over very well. And so it, it becomes, like you said, this very much 1% thing where all the the poor and the downtrodden kind of rise up and it's kind of slowly simmering in the background for pretty much the entire movie until like the last 10, 15 minutes or so when he does his thing on TV and everybody kind of blows up and riots the whole city. And then, hey, that's how we get Batman. Right. And which is kind of odd in and of itself.
0: You know, the whole thing, too, is, like, at first, you know, they try to portray that, no, maybe Thomas Wayne is an innocent individual, but then you see he's kind of a dickish asshole, and, hey, yeah. maybe he is capable. Great. You know, so you don't know who. It, what narration to believe on that. The same thing, at least the one point that, you know, I, I do agree, that like, at the end when he's on the talk show with Murray, and, you know, Murray's, like, talking about, you know, arthur being a bad person and his point is perfect well hey you showed my clip on your show to make fun of me you invited me on your show yeah you know and that's right you know murray played by robert de niro yeah he was also being a bad guy too in that sense because he was manipulating you know him for, yeah, his, for his own, own for, for his own gains that's that's fine doesn't mean that you know it's worthy like a few seconds later when he shoots him <laughs> i don't yeah i don't really think so in that sense and But did that even happen right and once again it comes down to the whole thing so then he gets arrested but then he gets broken out and then he gets to like perform in front of other people and then the what's supposed to be i think the big moment is that during this whole riot and this whole movement where everybody's dressed up like clowns one of them sees like the waynes leaving through a theater they're leaving in a panic into an alley and this is apparently you know hey how bruce wayne's parents get killed and Was the Joker's movement what ultimately led to the creation of the Batman, except if you look at the age factor, Batman's only like
1: 10, 11 years old at that time. Yeah, which again, I'll give you, I don't necessarily mind them playing with the timeline to try and tell a good story, but I think it was kind of an odd you know, choice to kind of sandwich that in there. I don't think we really needed that. I think it was, you know, the only good thing was it at least kind of showed, okay, there's a good reason why they ran down this weird dark alley, whereas most of the time in the comics and movies and other portrayals, it's just like, hey, let's go down this dark alley. Let's go down they, Crime Alley. Yeah, because there's no good reason to, but we're just going to take it because we're rich and what could possibly go wrong? At least this kind of gave them a reason to run down there because they were trying to get away from crazy people.
0: I, I think the point you brought up best before we started recording the podcast, and I wholeheartedly endorse, is this is that this felt like it was a movie about mental illness. And then at the end, it's like, well, let's make it a Joker movie. Because really, it's not yeah. a Joker movie until you really get to the last 10 to 15 minutes. Yes. And even then, that's still questionable if you would call it a Joker movie. I would honestly, if you were to say, hey, DC's going to... Re- they're obviously rebooting Batman. You were to say, we're going to have Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker and the, you know, the actual whatever you want to consider continuity of you know Batman... I would endorse that. I I don't think Joaquin Phoenix had a problem. No, at all. he
1: did. He did a great job, and I would say he it increased a little bit even when he you know finally became the Joker and he put the makeup on. His whole talk show bit was you know was I think the best part of his acting in the whole movie when he kind of took on that Joker persona, you know, and he kind of you know his mental illness or whatever kind of melted away almost. He became a little bit more sure of himself because you know he could hide behind his his makeup and this persona of the Joker and. You know, I think that was the best part of Joaquin. He did a great job through it. I think that last 10, 15 minutes where he was the Joker was the best part. But
0: I, I but think what
1: yeah, was. I mean, one movie I mentioned to you when we were walking out of the
0: theater is that. I remember like when I watched a movie like this the problem is is this is probably one of the first movies I've seen really there is no true protagonist in the movie nobody there's nobody that you really should be rooting for in the movie you shouldn't be rooting for no Arthur in him killing innocent people and his mental illness getting worse you can't root for any other secondary auxiliary character you can feel yeah. bad for him for being victims but I thought about the movie falling down from, like, the early 90s. And the reason I think thought about that is that here was a movie where you had a character played by uh, Michael Douglas, who was a character that his wife and kid left him. There was definitely signs of mental illness. But it also showed that he was also getting frustrated with a world he no longer was beginning to understand. He was having problems how, like, all these new social norms were coming into place, and he was just confusing. And, you know, I look at that in the sense that with Michael Douglas... Was he still the bad guy of the movie? Yes, he still was. But I felt that the way that they portrayed him and his issues with illness and his issues with his obsession was at least a way that it made it feel tragic. There felt nothing tragic whatsoever what was going on with Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur. Yeah. It was instead, no, this guy is a fucked up guy doing horrible things. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. At best, you felt sorry for him and what he was going through, but you didn't ever really sympathize with him or want to root him on at all because he's never really doing anything that's very that's redeeming I think I mean the best person I think maybe in there is the girlfriend quote unquote you know which who's, who's, we, which is left ambiguous if he murdered her and her daughter I yeah. mean that's yeah, it's some, yeah, and I think that's the point where it clearly shows that most of the scenes with her were in his head because, you know, th- at that part, she kind of, she's tucking her daughter and she leaves and he's just sitting on her couch and she, it's and the she fight club out. moment. It's the yeah. fight club moment where, like, you know, in Fight
0: Club where Jack, the narrator, mm-hmm. realizes that Tyler, Tyler Durden and him were the same person and yeah. his perception of events were the same. Fine. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, once again, there's a situation where that was done probably far better than whatever was actually ever done because once again you had a lot of clues i think you know in fight club that hey things aren't probably what they seem i i think i could have told i told right away from the beginning of the movie that all right it's, it's especially the whole scene when they were the whole exchange about the, him you know his co-worker giving him the gun versus hey him trying to buy the gun from his yeah. co-worker and that immediately was like all right something's not adding up here at this point
1: is this movie worthy of the criticism that it's getting like the bad criticism or the good it's it's getting both from what i've seen i mean i remember a couple weeks ago when people first started seeing it it was you know Joaquin Phoenix should get an oscar nomination this movie should get a best picture nomination and it, you know just raving like it was the second coming or something and would you say this movie is responsible responsible for for what the message it's sending i would say probably not because it Basically says, you know, hey, if you're abused and you develop mental illness from this, you're going to do bad things, you know, as opposed to the, you know, thousands, millions of people out there who prove otherwise that they can be abused and either, A, not develop, you know, any mental illnesses or that do develop mental illnesses because of that and deal with it just fine and don't go, you know,
0: completely off the rails. The big issues people are complaining about is, is this going to empower certain people to feel because of their maybe more abused or tragic background to act out and violent ways as a way to try to you know resolve what their actions are and for the most part this release that has occurred this past weekend there were no real incidents of sort where there was anything no it's not to say that the concerns aren't there there has been incidents now are there gonna be incidents no but then again who knows somebody could watch frozen 2 in like say a month or so and basically that movie triggers them to let's say kill an entire theater if that happens wow that would be weird but i'm not i'm not What I am saying is that the expectations. There is a lot of people are basically saying, like a harbinger of doom, that this movie is going to make people go nuts and crazy. It hasn't happened, so
1: no, and I don't think it will. It didn't. I remember you know a few weeks back when all those concerns came up. I mean, I think we even touched on a little bit here, um, and it didn't hit that whole angry white male justification thing like people were thinking near as much. It's definitely there a little bit but not i think to the point where it's something that's super concerning you know i mean it does get played up a little bit in the whole you know like we talked about earlier the political bit with the you know the little guys rising up you know i mean it is almost noticeably all white guys that are that they show that are getting mad and rally, at the rally and protesting. Right. the and only on people
0: that. ethnicity you have is both psychiatrists from both the past and the present which maybe yeah. the past psychiatrist is actually you know just a variation of what he thinks of because once again, is the movie real or not? And then yeah. it's his girlfriend with yeah. the quotation marks. And I, I don't know. I, I say that, yes, I think there was a lot of criticism that was blown, I think, out of whack from the movie where everybody's like, oh, this movie's going to make people do a whole bunch of horrible things. This is one of those things people like the scapegoat and say this thing. I'm not saying that the message is a great message though, and I think, I think where the movie deserves, I think the criticism is this: it's just not a very complete, well rounded movie. It's just watching no. a guy get crazier and crazier until he does the worst thing can, until the movie at the end pulls the rug. Like, eh, did it really happen though? Uh, maybe.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is I I kept watching this, being like, you know, why did this need to be a Joker movie? And there's nothing in here. You know, I mean, you have Thomas Wayne, you have Gotham, and, you know, a few other bits here and there. You know, Arkham shows up at one, you know, Arkham Asylum shows up, he goes there. But you could change any of those easily to be just anything else. Arkham could be something else. You know, Thomas Wayne could have just been some political guy, and his son didn't need to be Bruce Wayne. I mean, none of that needed to be there. You could have made this exact same movie with the same script and everything, and just changed a few names of things, and it would have been the exact same movie. I'm not saying that this happens, has to happen with every movie, but I
0: think with a lot of movies, when you see a person do a bunch of things, there's always the comeuppance, or there's always them paying for their hubris of and their arrogance, like, ah, I've done a bunch of bad things, but there's a consequence. And I'm not saying that it's got to be this, like, 80s cartoon where the bad guy always has to lose, And but... You know, when you show what there was zero negative connotations to everything he did from him, let's say, his initial killings of, you know, the three guys in the subway to his initial killing of his mom to his initial potential killing of his non-girlfriend and non-girlfriend's daughter to his potential killings of others. I mean, there's just it's one of those things at the end. It's like, all right, so maybe if this all movie did happen and he does get institutionalized fine maybe maybe that's his but there's no comeuppance it's just like all right he's just going back into a broken system that already failed him in the first place and i think that's just it's one of those movies that you know if my kids were asked to watch like no no because what are you going to take away from this i can't i even i can't sit there and think what's what can i take away from this movie at this point mental and this is bad yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely it's a horrible thing right here but it's once again, it's not like the, that was the point of the movie. I think
1: no, and that's the thing is it's hard. Like we had, you'd mentioned before, like what was the point of this movie? What are we supposed to take away from it? What message is it trying to send? And it's the only message I got were just like bad ones. Like I said, that if you have you know certain mental conditions, then you're going to go crazy and do bad things, and that's not really a message you want to send, and not one I want to hear at least. Nope, not at all. So uh, I think that
0: covers it. I, it's going to be a much more succinct episode, just because. Yes. I, uh, there's not much to dwell on I mean would I recommend this movie no. no if it if it comes out and it's available on a free streaming service since it is technically a Warner Brothers movie HBO owns the right to all Warner Ugh. Brothers movies so this movie will eventually show up on uh, you know HBO or their streaming services probably within about six to seven months or so I'm sure this movie will also get a lot of renewed attention when it comes around Oscar time in the March where yeah. you're going to see a lot of people pushing for this, unless other things have come out that have come to eclipse it at this point. I mean, I, as I said, I, I think Phoenix's performance is great. I feel if it wasn't a Joker movie, great. I feel that, once again, just what the point of the movie was, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
1: Not recommended.
0: We both give it a thumbs down in case you couldn't tell. No, I, I would rather watch a marathon of 1966 Cesar Romero batman episodes where oh, yeah, yeah it's campy as shit but at least hey he had plans maybe <laughs> his plans didn't make any sense but neither did the 1960s yeah
1: and i will then as a quick aside i didn't get that this joker he, he joker's generally typically you know he's insane but he's also very smart and very you know kind of a mastermind and this mm-hmm. you know this joker was almost more schleppy and just kind of like stumbled into his stuff and you know i don't know yeah didn't work for me nope Sorry. That was my ankle.
0: Yay. No, it broke. You had a good run. So uh, thanks for joining us this episode. Uh, Next episode. We'll hopefully be happier. We we hopefully will. Our next episode, we're going to probably discuss uh, Kevin Smith with his uh, upcoming movie that is the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And... There's things I definitely feel happy about, Kevin Smith. There's other things I don't feel happy about sometimes, but yeah. that's that's depression for a different episode. Yes, we'll be depressed with this one. Yes, is. yes. Well, thank you for joining us. This is your host, Mike Spragle. And this is John Lundquist. Have a good one.